you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. And now, Move the Sticks with Daniel Jeremiah and Bucky Brooks. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Move the Sticks. DJ Bucky, Rhett, back with you on a Monday following a crazy week of action. We had, uh, well, let's be honest. We had the, the highlight of the weekend. App State beating James Madison. Neither, neither here nor there. We'll do oh, NFL stuff. We won't, we, won't, we won't spend a lot was. of time okay. on that. Um, yeah. But it was an enjoyable flight. By the way, real quick on that one. Uh, I'm on the flight, the charter's flight to Wisconsin. The Wi-Fi was not great. Um, so my son is actually texting me play-by-play. And it gets oh, to the point where it's uh, James Madison has a third, or no, fourth and 18 from at like the app 38 at the end of the regular, maybe a minute and change left. App states up by eight. And then I just, I just see the bubbles. And I'm telling you, there's, there, if, there's an anticipation when there's you're waiting on some big news and you see bubbles, I imagine it's like, you oh, know, yeah, maybe like the, the yeah. younger generation now that has this iPhone era. Maybe that's like, am I pregnant? Like, is it a boy or a girl? Bubbles like oh, there's, some anticipation. Yeah. Yeah. there's some anticipation there. Uh, but the uh, but and he says first down. And my thought was, who? Like, did they get a stop and get – or did they get – and he said, no, they converted it. And then literally the next text was touchdown. The next text was they got the two-point conversion. And I was like, this is painful. Uh, but then an app state ended up winning in overtime. So it ended up being, it ended oh, up being a happy man. day. But I was just saying, the anxiety of the bubbles, that's a real, that's bubbles, a real thing man. out there. Bubbles will get yeah. you. Um, Buck, how was your weekend, man? Well, the weekend was great when the Jaguars won. It was crummy because Carolina lost to Clemson again down in Death yeah. Valley. The basketball team looks good, though. So I'm excited All about right. basketball season. I'm excited about basketball season being here. Yeah, well, Rhett, our, you know, IU we'll, basketball, we had a uh, tough one. We'll get one. there eventually. Yeah. It's, it's, we're not even in Big Ten play yet. Yeah. He's the end of the year. Yeah, we're just going to – we need a minute. This team yeah. needs a minute. Yeah, that's all. Figure it out. So, uh, all right, you guys want to jump into these games? Let's get into what these do we got? games. You're up I'll first, start us off. Here, yeah, I'm up first. I'm about to lead off today. Chargers – Hey, guys, surprise. Uh, it came down to the very end of a Charger what? game. It's like I've never seen this before. They lost their fifth game by three or fewer points on the season. to the Packers, That is amazing. 23 to 20. Is that crazy, Buck? It's every week. Every week. It's like it's kind of exhausting to call the games. I can't imagine <laughs> from a player standpoint. But I mean, you guys have known. You guys have been around teams. You played on teams forever. Like, yeah. how often is it that you go a whole season and it's like you don't get that, hey, Let's get the backups in there. Let's rest a little bit. Let's take a little break. Uh, hey, hey, we're getting blown out in this one. Let's back off. You know, let's save our guys. No, every no. week is a nail bite. All in. It's crazy. Um, on the positive side of things, I'll start the positive side of things uh, for both teams. Both these quarterbacks, same draft class. We talked to them uh, both down at the Senior Bowl. Uh, I remember back in, in that draft, the 2020 draft. Um, was it 2020? Is that right? Or no, it was... Uh, yeah, it was 2020. Was yeah, 2020. Yeah, yeah, it was Burrow draft, uh, yeah. Yeah, so that was... Uh, it was good to see those guys. Both played really well. I thought Herbert actually played his best game of the year. Um, something we've talked about, exhausting the down, using your legs, making things happen. He did it. He had uh, he had over 70 yards rushing. There was eight carries, but one of them was a, was a bad snap and one was a kneel. So he was getting over 10 yards a pop uh, when he took off with the ball, and he only got hit twice. So 
it's kind of like a you know you get all the boom without any of the bust like you get all the the yardage and the big plays and he's not taking any hits it was kind of Mahomes-esque from that standpoint and he was he was he was killed by drops uh the, yeah. the sun was in Keenan Allen's eyes on two. Oh, he had, mm-hmm. It was bad. Those two drops, man. It, I don't know if you could see it. I don't know. I don't know what it looks like on TV. So, because I don't hear the T. I don't. I don't hear the TV copy. I don't know what they're saying. But I mean, we can. See, it is. It was lit up like a Christmas tree in that end zone, and you could see him turn around. And as soon as, uh, and I got my binoculars on him. I see, he doesn't get his hands up, so it just oh, it hit the, the, the touch. Yeah, it almost it, and it went bounced off him like four yards, and you see him immediately. He immediately points up, like and I'm like, oh, he he can't he couldn't could, see it. Well, and the ball came from the shade. Yeah, Herbert threw it from the last little bit of shade right into the you know the surface of the sun. And yeah, I mean, I get it. That's tough. I mean, yeah, I didn't know. So I don't line. know what the narratives are on these. Like, I don't know what's being said on the broadcast. I don't know. Like, oh, they're crushing Keenum. Like, it was tough. Now Parham had one earlier in the game. Same. It was the sun could have been involved. In that. I don't know, but that was a, a big drop. And then obviously Quentin Johnston on a home run ball that would have been potentially a, you know kind of a walk off game winner um, yeah. over the shoulder he drops it he is not comfortable confident with his hands it was the issue with him coming out it's what we all said it's what we talked about and it's followed him uh, to the NFL and it's also it's going back into that Big Twelve wide receiver conversation of that long laundry list of guys who have not hit coming out of that conference. You've got CeeDee Lamb, who's been awesome. Yeah. Um, and then you also have uh, Hollywood Brown's been really good. And then Lockett, who's been really good. You got those three guys, but the other of like the last 20 guys, the other like 17 of them have not hit. And they've had a profile of height, weight, speed, buck. They're they're a little bit tight. They don't have natural hands, and they're not full route tree guys. It's a different sport in the Big 12, man. And they, these guys struggle to get off press. They struggle to get out of breaks, and they struggle to catch the ball. I mean, there are a lot of negatives right there that we're talking about. <laughs> you didn't get on yeah. breaks, route running, and all that. And you're right. Because that, that league is so wide open, it's really hard to evaluate the receivers. And then when you look at the NFL success or lack thereof, it's going to continue to make it hard to go all in on a Big 12 receiver. The thing that I'll say about looking at, at this game and, and, and watching like the Packers and the Chargers and the receivers, like, man, there's so many playmakers for the Chargers. Like you look at this team and all the things that you look at on paper would tell you that this team should be a good team. And then you watch them put the ball in the hands of their playmakers. And for some reason, I don't know why they just have this spell on them where bad things happen. Fumbles in the red zone. Eckler fumbled inside um, the five yard line. I mean, just just like little things where, uh, look, they're, they're just snake bit. And I just wonder because, like, look, I understand like the outside noise and Brandon Staley being uptight about all the conversation around his, his job, but this team just plays so tight because they've been in so many close games and it hasn't gone their way. I think they kind of have some of that. What's going to happen next? Like that lack of belief that they can figure out a way to get it done because some of the things that happen are just unexplainable. Yeah, and and you know just to kind of continue the conversation you were uh, or furthering the conversation you were having on the Big Twelve. I mean, maybe maybe the Chargers need to go out to the Mountain West and find a Romeo Dobbs, or maybe down to FCS and find a Christian Watson, or maybe there you, go. Uh, you know maybe even to the Big Ten here and find a Jaden Reed, who I thought I thought that was kind of fun to watch. Um, th- those weren't, you know, prolific uh, performances from all three of them, but they all three contributed in a big way. And none of them more than two years deep in the league. Right. Jaden reads the rookie Dobbs and Watson rookies a year ago. Um, and, you know, Dobbs makes a huge play. And then you like and, and, you know, as you talk about basketball teams with receiver groups, they're starting to get that way 
with the Packers here a little bit. Obviously, you got the big body in Christian Watson, you know, who can really kind of do it all. But Dobbs can be, you know, a little bit of that, um, you know, that that guy you can rely on to get open, create a little bit of separation. And then, you know, Jaden Reed is the explosive really threat. Good. You put the yeah. ball in his hands, you know, in the mm-hmm. run game. And you've got a nice little core there. And then let's not forget about the the tight ends that they drafted this this year, right? The two rookies, um, you know, Musgrave, Musgrave and Kraft. Uh, and Kraft, right. Kraft ends up having a nice catch in this game. So there, there's a there's a young group there led by, let's call it, a, a, you know, he, Jordan, you know, Jordan Love's been in the league for four years, but he's a young starting quarterback. And so they're going to have an opportunity to grow that group. You know, they got to they got to get better up front, and get the run game going. But I think that's at least a little bit of cause for encouragement. Uh, they're moving forward with the pack. The, the, the one thing, too, though, the, the offensive line, they have like the second lowest pressure rate in the league. So. They've done a really nice job in pass protection. That's true. Run wise, run wise, they're I think they're twenty first in the league in rushing. Yeah, and they roll good. those guys through. They actually got two guys hurt in that game. They were down to one running back because Aaron Jones was out. The third That's running right. back was out. It was just the, the big fella was all that was left. So um, th- again, I think you know you can you can look at okay maybe add a piece here or there on the offensive line. I think they're okay there. Uh, yeah. To me, to me, it's just having that veteran. Something Bucks talked about for years and years on here. Like they have all young guys. That's a challenge for a young quarterback when everybody around you is young. Mm-hmm. Um, so great to if Bakhtiari could be there, you know? Yeah, and, but I mean, I'm just thinking from a pass catcher. Like if oh, they sure. could get yeah. some type of a veteran pass catcher, even if he's not a number one or even a number two, but just somebody that to kind of put in that room with all these young guys. And then somebody like maybe Robert on Woods third down. With the yes, Texans, that's a perfect, you know? that's a perfect yeah. example of a type of guy that I think would be perfect yeah. for them. Um, but man, it, Jordan Love, he threw his first 300-yard game, right? Uh, 322 yards, two touchdowns. He had the game-winning touchdown, 24-yarder, uh, where the Chargers did not get lined up, and they quick snapped them and and won right off the right off the snap. But guys, I mean, as great as that was, his best game in terms of yardage, he could have thrown for 450 yards. He missed Musgrave on what would have been an 80-yard touchdown. He overthrew him. Mm. There was other stuff that was out there available to him. He it was easy a 400-yard day for him if he if he hits on a couple more balls. But talking to some of the guys, um in the personnel department before the game with green Bay, they all, they are very excited about Jordan love. I mean, it was no, there was no hemming and hawing. There was no hesitation. Um, they love the fact that they get the same guy every day. He brings a great attitude every day. Everybody in the building loves being around him, you know, treats everybody great. Um, and that's not taking a, a shot at Aaron Rodgers. I never even brought up Aaron Rodgers name. I was just asking him about love and they were effusive and it was not, you know, sometimes it, with a young quarterback, he's thrown some picks. He's had some turnovers. Yeah. You know how it is. Buck, you know, when you talk to your buddies and they're like, yeah, I think, I think, I, I know, I, he's got a chance. Uh, we were hoping, like, that wasn't what I was getting. They were like, yeah, no, right. he, we're good. We, we're we good to go. They're in on it. Yeah. 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 And, I, and I think they also are in on the process. Like, they've done this a few different times. The one thing about Green Bay, you have uh, the continuity of a lot of the personnel guys have been there through the generation. You're talking about Ron Wolf, to Tess, I'm to now, Goody. Like, they've been there. They've seen this process work when it comes to the slow cooking uh, at the quarterback position. And so Jordan Love, you talk about in his fourth year, they've seen him develop on the practice field right in front of their eyes. And so there's some confidence that he'll continue to take those strides. I would say they still have to be uh, better in the running back room. Like Aaron Jones mm-hmm. has not been really a factor for them this year because of injuries. At some point, they got to beef that part up. And I still think they need more production from the defense, the defense that has seven or eight first rounders playing in the rotation. That defense has to be better than good. That defense needs to be dominant if you're going to commit that many resources um, to the side of the ball. Yeah, they started two seventh rounders uh, at, at the secondary in this game, so they're a little bit beat up on the back end. 
I do think Quay Walker's turned into a nice player. Uh, he is explosive. He's got range. He plays physical. Uh, I, I like his game a lot. So they need to get healthy there. I don't think this is a team that's going to go far this year uh, in Green Bay, but I think the future is very bright. I think they have a great, great. foundation uh, going forward. Uh, all right, Buck, the game you're at. Jags, a big win over the Titans. Uh, let me first say, never uh, don't underestimate like the, the power of what the outside noise can do to a player. I will tell you that number 16, Trevor Lawrence, was a little edgy throughout the game yesterday. Um, I think he certainly has heard the conversation begin to hover around him and where he stands in the division with C.J. Stroud, and they'll take care of that next weekend because um, he was as determined as I've seen him in a long time. And I will say this. I don't think he played great. I think he played good, but I don't think it was a great performance. But he definitely was kind of on his game and kind of making sure that he – um, got the stench off that bad performance against the San Francisco 49ers. Did a really good job getting into the playmakers. You saw a more concerted effort to feature the top players. Calvin Ridley going over 100 yards, had that two was touchdowns. Nice. Yeah, obviously, like I tried nice to tell you guys bench. about the fantasy. Like, yeah, yeah, nice on my bench. It. Sorry, I lost. Yeah, I couldn't do it anymore. It's a marathon. It's yeah. a marathon, not a sprint. So Calvin Terrible. Ridley showed up. Christian Kirk had a couple opportunities. Um, offensively, it was the best that the team has looked, and I can tell you there's a lot more potential for that to get better. Uh, but Trevor Lawrence had a very, very solid workmanlike performance. They helped him by putting him in some of those things that he's very comfortable in. They ran him. They put him on the move on bootlegs. You saw some of the screens and those things, but it was a very comfortable game plan for him, and I think they'll try and get away with that as long as they can until somebody's able to stop what I call those pet plays that they like to use for their number, quarter, number one quarterback. Yeah, you know, I, I would say that uh, in addition to, you know, seeing Calvin Ridley get rolling, you know, which was great. And then you, you did, it wasn't just him, right? You had Christian Kirk going too. So using the the multitude of talents that you do have and that you acquired and brought in was great to see. I, I'm just, I'm looking at this thing on the Texan side, or the Titan side rather. I'm like, boy, we had caught lightning in a bottle, right? With Will Levis in that first game and those four explosive touchdowns and it just, it hasn't looked right since. And I guess that's kind of to be expected, you know, with a quarterback, a rookie quarterback who assumes the starting role in the middle of the season, uh, you know, you start to get a little bit more of that tape and and defenses understand a little bit more of what you're all about. But I, I just keep coming back to like the Titans just don't have enough answers offensively. And like, this is a team that, that feels like they need a bit of an overhaul here um, as they go into next season to try to figure out what they want to do. I mean, Derrick Henry, what, 30-something 30, 30 yards uh, in this game on the ground? I mean, they were trying to direct snap it to him a couple of times. Did their touchdowns yeah, come it, late? I, I didn't see It was see a trick game. play. It was a double oh, was? flea flicker reverse. Yeah, they came, they uh, came, uh, they came, real, late, but, came real late in the game. It, it was a shutout in, in the fourth quarter, and then they got a yeah. couple plays and hit on some things. And Because I look at the box. This is what's so funny because, I got, again, I didn't see this game. So two you look at the box, I'm like, Levis, Levis yeah. 13 for 17, a buck 58, two touchdowns. Uh, and I'm like, oh, how must it? The, but the it, trick, then I look the at the notes, had 23 be, yards in the first half. 23. Yeah the, yeah, the trick play had to account for about 50 of those yards when they 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 basically yeah. ran a wildcat play um, mm-hmm. that I just remember the Jets running back in the day with Chad, or the Jets, or the, the, the Dolphins running with Chad Pennington, where mm-hmm. they, they threw it down the field. Um, here's what I'll say about the Titans, like watching it. Yeah, you, you're now at the point where you have to make a decision. Are we rebuilding or not? Because, like, they're at the point where you can't They're middle retool. ground. Yeah, yeah. like – you have to either do it. And I will say this about Will Levis. Um, that first game was great against the Atlanta Falcons, but now you're seeing some of the worst that were on his game when we talked about him through the process. Had problems taking the snap, shotgun, and under center. 
Uh, the Jaguars did a really good job of changing the picture pre-snap and post-snap. He had a tough time figuring out where to go with the ball. And without the, 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 the support of a dominant running game, it was really, really hard on him. And I think we will talk about and celebrate Derrick Henry as one of the best running backs of this era. But look, man, it, it, it's time. And so they need to kind of reboot the situation. Yeah. They need a younger, faster, more dynamic team. And it might take them a year or two to be able to put that together whether it's Will Levis or whoever that quarterback is going to be. They need kind of a complete overall to be able to get this team up and going. Yeah, no doubt. Um, interesting times there in Tennessee. Um, this game, maybe it's a game of the day, right? Your first one here, Lions and yeah. the Bears. Man, that was interesting because uh, the Bears went down, scored on their opening possession. You're like, okay, Justin Fields, you know, back to doing what he does, was scrambling around a little bit, was getting yards on the ground and made a couple of big throws. He got DJ Moore back involved, which I thought was a big thing for Chicago. But ultimately, like this game comes down to pressure situations. And, you know, I, I look back at the Lions and and obviously, you know, you, we're all involved, you know, heavily involved on the college football level where it does feel like you have more of the more of those mantras that, you know, coaches try to use. Right. More of the culture building foundational type of cult uh, uh, type of philosophies that you talk about. and They're very vocal with because it's important to rally a team that big and, and each and every week. And. Um, man, it, it feels like there's a little bit of that in Detroit, um, in that grit, because, mm -hmm. you know, you're down 26 to 14, you're down two scores to a team. You should have no, that should, that should have no business being in that game with you based on, on talent and the way that both teams have played. And they just keep fighting, man. Those final four minutes. That's what I went back and looked at. Uh, the lions ran 17 plays in the final four minutes. Jeez. The bears ran, the bears ran four, mm -hmm. um, and in those 17 plays, the Lions faced just two third downs. So Jared Goff had, did not have a good game. Threw three interceptions in this thing, and, and it was rough all day long. But again, stay the course, stay the course, stay the course, stay the course. And then how about this? And this is what I love, and this is why I love you know being on this podcast because we get a chance to do this uh, and kind of go back to, to how some of these teams were built. How about the Lions draft picks contributing in those final four minutes? Sam Laporta has three catches. One of them goes for a first down. Amonra St. Brown, two catches. One of them goes for a first down. Jamison Williams catches the explosive play touchdown that gets mm -hmm. them back within striking distance. Then the defense comes out onto the field. Jack Campbell, big run stuff on first down. Aleem McNeil stones Tevin Jenkins, big run stuff on second down. They, they go incomplete on third. They took 15 seconds off the clock. Mm -hmm. Gave the ball back to the Lions. Uh, who then, you know, continue to Jameer Gibbs, a couple of catches on that final drive. And then David Montgomery punches it in, hits Sam Laporte on the two-pointer. And then who closes it out at the end but Aiden Hutchinson with a strip sack for a safety. Yeah. Those are homegrown dudes. And with the exception mm -hmm. of Montgomery, Cam Sutton made a play too. But they are getting major contributions from players that they have spent major resources in the draft uh, selecting. And I, I, I just kind of love seeing all that come together. No, I mean, look, so... In, in, in watching this game, like from the Lions standpoint, I do think it's great the resilience that they show. They talk about the grit and those things. And we've talked about on this podcast a couple of times about the team taking on the, 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 the character of the coach. And so this is a tough team. And I think Jerry Goff embodied that. You have three interceptions and you bounce back and you're able to kind of do what he was able to do to get them back. 17 points in the fourth quarter. Um, he makes the, the dime throw to Jamison Williams to, to, to kind of put them over the top. And just the way that he has been able to kind of like steady this offense whenever they needed it, you got to love that. From the Bears' standpoint, I think it's interesting to see how they go about this process when it comes to evaluating Justin Fields. Had over 100 yards rushing, 
had a pretty solid day through the air. But man, once again, at the end of the game, he had a fumble. If you think about what he has done since he's been the starting quarterback for the Bears, I want to say he has 31 or 32 fumbles. He just has a tough time with ball security. Not all his fault, but the quarterback has the ball. He has to take care of it. I just wonder what is going to be the decision that they make at the end of the year. He's been good enough to keep him around, but is he good enough to pay him the significant amount of money that he's going to be owed if he's a starting quarterback for a team? I just wonder, do you reset the clock with a draft pick or do you stay the course? Tough decision for the Bears, but it's one that they're going to have to make coming up short. Where is he from, Buck? Oh, he's from Atlanta. Yeah, he's right right outside of Atlanta. Interesting. Mm. Um, yeah. All right, we're gonna we're gonna take a break. <laughs> we come back, we'll get into the Bucks and the Niners right after this. <laughs> you go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower, thirty-seven minutes later, because you pay the water bill, so you can stay in there as long as you want. You're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. All right. That was just a little cliffhanger there at the end of the, uh, end of the segment. That's all. <laughs> I'm just saying. Okay, it's from Atlanta. I don't know. Maybe they're in the quarterback market. Who knows? Um, all right. Uh, I'm up next here. Niners, Bucks, 27-14. 49ers are rolling right now. They're back into a groove after a little bit of a stumble there in the middle part of the season. Uh, they're back. Brock Purdy's playing really well. And the first thing I wanted to look at, you know, I, I pulled up the box score. The thing that jumped out to me was Ayuk with five for a buck fifty-six. So mm. I want to jump into his uh, tape this morning and see what that looks like. And man, I always would say off the line releases. It was Devontae Adams, Keenan Allen, Stephon Diggs are the three guys you study. Like if you talk to young receivers, those are the guys you look at. Brandon Ayuk's in, he's he's in the mix now with what he does. And they they look, they motioned him on one of them, and man, it's like he's shot out of a cannon once they're using that motion and then turning it up the field and then running, they're running a lot of digs out of that. So it's like the Tyreek Hill play, except they're doing it instead of instead of just that short outside motion, they're just still doing the motion across the field, but then he hits that gas and then you press and you you get on top of their toes and you snap it off. But anyways, that was impressive. But the other ones were just his releases off the line of scrimmage are big time. Um, he's explosive out of the break point. Um, his after the catch, he gets he has juice after the catch. He has another gear when the ball's up in the air. He's a he's a really good player. Uh, I, I think to me, he's and I no no disrespect to any of the other guys they've got. They've got a lot of playmakers on that team. To me, if we go out into the backyard in the park and say I've got to have a completion and a play made, he'd be the one that I would take on, on all those guys. Yeah, that, it, it, it's funny because what what we're, what we're saying, and I think we've used the analogy when it comes to bas- to to quarterbacks like shooter and score. So mm-hmm. the difference is he's a shooter. To me, he's a more refined receiver than Debo Samuel in terms of route running ability, overall skill level. He is that. Debo Samuel is someone you want to put the ball in his hands and let him go to work because the best thing that he does is make the magic happen in open field. Ayuk is a route runner. And what the Niners do and – you know, we're talking about Brock Purdy having a 300-yard game, having a perfect passer rating. I don't know if I've seen a team throw the ball over the middle more than the oh, San Francisco 49 one after another after in, another in, after another. In terms of, hey, we're throwing everything inside the numbers, in-breaking routes, on the move. 
I don't know if anyone does it better than them. And I know it's the combination of play action because they move the linebackers up and they create these huge voids. But man, they get more ballots out of these in-breaking, deep-overs, crossers, uh, digs than any other team that I've seen. And as Brock Purdy is silencing the naysayers and bouncing back in a major way, this team is so good offensively that it often overshadows what they do on defense. But man, this team is prime and ready. And we talk about Philadelphia having a major game on Monday night against uh, the Kansas City Chiefs. But that uh, that train is coming. That San Francisco yeah. 49er train is coming. And it's going to be exciting to see them kind of square it off. You know, I would just take a brief look at the four, at the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. You know, started the season three and one. And they were kind of one of those teams. You're like, huh, all right, maybe a little better than we thought. You know, Baker Mayfield maybe settling down. But now, you know, unfortunately, they've lost five of six. I will say there are some bright spots here. Um, you know, Kalaja Kansi, I don't even know if he played in this game, but he didn't end up on, a, on the stat sheet uh, at all. But um, four he sacks. Is, yeah, he has had some real flashes, uh, certainly since he came back off the injury that he started the season with. How about Yaya Diaby? Uh, two sacks in this game uh, from, from Louisville. Where did, where did he have a, a terrific week uh, leading into the, into the draft process? Senior Bowl. Right, uh, had a had a pretty good week right there, and then obviously they've got you know guys like Antoine Winfield will be foundational pieces for him moving forward. Um, but again, it was just kind of fun to to go back and look and watch it. You know, a young player like that that can make some plays for you, and you can point to that moving forward. Be like, all right, obviously we got Vita Vea, who's just an absolute you know stud and force of nature. You know, in the middle, and there's some real. I mean, there's real playmakers on that defense. They just they got to figure out what they want to be offensively and they're getting older uh, there at some of those positions that you've been counting on the Mike Evans situation with the contract. Mm -hmm. Sounds like this is, you know, it, mm -hmm. what's up with Chris Godwin buck. So like I, I, um, and, and then looking at that DJ, I just, I, I think that they have put in some, some nice effort defensively to build that roster. I just, I, I don't know what it's getting them right now. Yeah. One thing I'll, uh, I'll pull up my notes here on Diaby. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Diaby was six Oh three, three, two sixty three. He ran four five one. Uh, played a lot of three man front. You see some push and pull stuff with him. He's got quick change of direction. Flashes a shake and bowl. Um, he'll get washed and tossed some at the in the run. The point of attack. He's a tweener, uh, but he's got thirty four inch arms and he ran four five one. So, um, Buck, we always talk <laughs> traits, about man. pass rushers traits. Man, that's it. Rhett, you hit it. It's the traits. Yeah. So, so did you? I want to go back to the Niners right quick, right? So, in two games, we've seen Chase Young have. What a sack and a half, uh, two yep. sacks. We've seen him be as active as we've seen since his rookie year when he was defensive rookie of the year. I'm now wondering if you're the San Francisco 49ers, and I know, man, you like to allocate cash and resources to that front line. But DJ, do you do anything that you can to keep him in the fold? Because he certainly yeah. made a difference on the defense. You're not paying the quarterback. I mean, you, you got money. I mean, I mean, do you do you go all out so you now have Nick Bosa, Javon Hargrave, you have Eric Armstead, and Chase Young, and you just live with whatever you have to get. That's when I they've mean, been the best. That's yeah. when they've been at their best. Yeah, for the next two I'm, years. I'm just, yeah. I'm just, after I'm just, that, after I'm, that, you have to figure out some stuff. But yeah, I think for the next two years, they can roster that. They can roster that money. Because I'm just looking at him and, and just looking at the difference that he's made and, and just the energy, the effort that he's displaying, the, the skill level. Like we, we talk about the D-line coach, Chris Kacerik, and, and that stuff, the environment. To me, it just makes too much sense for them. They talk about building strength on strength on that front line. Why not yeah. find a way to keep him? I know it's a short-term runner, but why not find a way to keep him there long-term? Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you on that one. Um, 
Uh, big win for the Niners. Uh, let's keep yeah. it moving here, Bucket. You are up next, and you've got Steelers Browns. Really, really Browns. a high score and fun game there, huh? Yeah, fun game. I mean, look, you knew when it was the Steelers, the, the score was going to be uh, always yeah. bet the under. And so, like, 13-10, the Browns find a way to do it. But I never would have imagined that the Cleveland Browns, after all the injuries, would be sitting there in a spot like where they can be in first place. You know, we could talk about DTR. He had a bad performance the, the first time he had an opportunity to start. Yeah. But then he's able to leave a, a, a game-winning drive to get them over the top. And when you look at this team and this defense, I mean, this defense that they're trotting out. I mean, you talk about Miles Garrett and crew. Like, he, he's defensive player of the year. Two sacks, three quarterback hits, four pressures, all that other stuff. Like, he, he, oh, the yeah. defense continues to do whatever they want to do. Just dominant when it comes to their effort. But just getting enough offense to be able to get over the top, I mean, I mean, can this team really win a division? Like, I mean, is this a team that really can win a division with a rookie quarterback that with is Joe not Flacco? being asked to oh, do enough? DTR. I mean, <laughs> I mean how, how not they going anywhere. They're not. Yeah. They're not falling off, man. It's impressive. I, and then, uh, Brett, on the Steelers side of things, um, I want to get to you on that one. Just yeah, I know. Sure. You're starting to see Deontay Johnson. I saw a tweet there where he's, you know, some fan had called him out saying he ran a wrong route. And he's like, hey, that ain't, that's not accurate, blah, 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 blah. And then the Kenny Pickett noise is getting louder and louder and louder. Um, and Matt Canada has been catching his grief by oh, 10 boy. points is no bueno. Well, I mean, the, the best player on their team right now offensively is Jalen Warren. Yeah. Um, I mean, the guy had a 74 yard rushing touchdown on the second play of the second half which was more yards gained than the entirety of the Steelers offense in the first half. Yeah. Um, I mean, like what, what, and I don't want to sound like we're picking on Najee Harris here. Cause I don't think it's, it's necessarily all his fault, but you look at nine carries, 129 yards. He for has Jay to Warren, have a huge runway. 12 for 35 for Harris. Yeah. I, it's just, it, it, one of those things is not like the other, you yeah. know, one deserves um, more. Yeah, and they just don't have – and Jalen Warren's the only guy with juice right now, and it's a shame because there are talents there. I mean, we've seen what Deontay Johnson can do, right? We've seen what George Pickens is capable of, goodness. But, you know, you just need more – you need more than than just a splash play here and there, and they got to find they got to find more juice more consistently. Buck, would you agree with this statement that your talent – like you're, if you're looking at a receiving core, your receiving core has to match both your quarterback and your coordinator. Yeah. That all has to be in alignment because there's different ways to play games. There's different ways to win games. You know, like what works with certain quarterbacks might not work with that coordinator or, you know, one of the, you got all have to be in alignment here. Build your team that fits both your, your coordinator and your quarterback. Yeah, you absolutely have to, to do that. And here's the thing that, and here's the thing that would frustrate me if I'm a Steelers fan when it comes to Deontay Johnson, right? So having watched him up close, like he, he's great route running. He has tremendous skills or whatever, but he drops a yeah, lot of passes. And so, hands. like, he demands the ball. He wants the ball. He wants to be featured. But, man, there are too many times where they put the ball in his hands and he can't catch it. And so yeah. I can understand his frustration, but also understand the frustration of the coaches because he is paid like a high-end playmaker. But I don't know if he's necessarily worthy of being considered a high-end playmaker. There's just a rub. And you heard Najee Harris after the game talk about, like, guys – playing like not putting the team first I feel like there's a lot of stuff swirling around that locker room and I'm not surprised because when the offense doesn't perform like that there's yeah. a lot of finger pointing that can go from offense to defense and from offensive players to other offensive players trying to blame those who they perceive to not be carrying their weight 
Yeah, no doubt. Uh, Rhett, keep us going here. What do you got yep. next? Cardinals Texans. Um, and this is an interesting one. And I don't know that anybody would have circled this game on the calendar before the season started. Uh, but man, with Kyler Murray back and, and based on what he did last year, last week in his debut, I'm like, all right, this is gonna be a heck of a game. And it was, I mean, it was bombs away early. Kyler Murray found Rondell Moore, you know, the shot, shot, shots, the whole thing. Uh, yes. It was, it was, yeah. they, they had it going. Right. Um, but, you know, we used to do a, a show. I used to do a show with Brian Billick and Sean O'Hara uh, called The Playbook for NFL Network. And one of their big mantras was third down in red zone is what win games, right? And he's talked mm-hmm. about it all the time. Uh, and that was such a case in this game here. Uh, just quickly to set it up on C.J. Stroud, obviously not his best game. Threw more interceptions in this game than he had the entire season leading into it. Um, the third one was the worst. You know, he was they're trying to put the ball away final five minutes of the put the game away final five minutes bad mechanics kind of falling away with some interior pressure and throws inside on an out route can't have it right but then the other two interceptions come in the red zone they were down in the red zone five times and came away with just two touchdowns they should have blown the cardinals out mm-hmm. in that game he had you know obviously a couple of decisions that he he went back one of them i think bounced off robert woods's hands um the cardinals got into the red zone once in that game so five times to one. And then let's talk about third down here. Um, CJ Stroud on third down in this game, 10 for 11, 126 yards and a touchdown. Jeez. You know what he is now on the season? <laughs> Adjusted completion rate on third downs to account for drops, 80% That's on crazy. third downs. Yeah, They converted 70% of their third downs in this game. The Cardinals converted 30%. Like you just look at those two facets and you understand how the game ended up. Now, look, the de- they needed the defense to stand up in the second half. The Texans didn't score a point in the second half. Defense made it stand up behind Will Anderson and Christian Harris. A couple of draft picks there the last couple of years there in Houston. Will had a sack. Christian Harris was all over the field, tackles all over the place. Um, again, fun team to watch, uh, and they're playing complimentary football here. When CJ didn't have it, defense made it stand up, which is kind of cool. Hey, Buck, real quick, who drafted Tank Dell this week in our rookie draft? Oh, you got him? Bucky did, didn't he? No, I don't think I got him. I I didn't get him. Come on. DJ got him. I admit it was one of you two because you took Stroud and I said, I'm not giving you the connection. And I took that. Yeah, he's not letting you get the the trifecta, the combination, but my goodness. Um, Yeah. They're young, dude. I mean, just, it's it's really amazing Tank Dill doing what he's doing. But man, how about Devin Singletary going over 100 yards? Like, you talk about finding something. Yeah, last year, man, it was all about Damian. Harrison, all that other stuff. And now for them to remember, Buffalo just kind of dispatched him. Didn't think he really could do anything. He goes to Houston. He's been a big-time playmaker for them. This is a dangerous team. It's a scary team because they're getting confidence, and they've won in a bunch of different ways. Look, man, they're going to be a force to be reckoned with as they continue to grow and grow together. This is a team that has done a really good job of rebuilding itself. And I, don't, I think the best is yet to come because there's still so many pieces that they can add to this puzzle. Yeah, and I'll you tell you just, what, this is a perfect this is perfect for Arizona real quick, Rhett. Yeah. This is what I want to see. I want to see Kyler Murray play, you know, do some good things, play well. Um, give me some hope that he can, you know, be who he has been at his best going forward. Free us up with the second overall pick in the draft to be able to trade it for a King's ransom. Uh, if you wanted, I think they picked two and twenty one if the season ended today. Um, because obviously the Houston pick hasn't worked out as well as they would have hoped the way they're playing. Right. Uh, right. But I mean that. I don't know. Everybody's. We've just kind of assumed. I think you know before the season started that this is you know Caleb Williams or it's going to be Drake May. They're taking a quarterback, whether they're one or two. 
Now I'm sitting here saying if they're two, and Kyler Murray shows you what we've seen, like some doing some good things. I mean, they, this is a rookie of the year. This guy's had some big time moments and big time games, and you already paid him. So I don't know that I don't know that the threshold for him is as high as is maybe for another you know first contract quarterback. You're like, okay, we we don't want to pay him. We're going to draft another one. We'll start the process. So you've already wrote the check, or. You just put, um, you know, you just put Marvin Harrison in place of Greg Dortch, who is their leading receiver. Yeah, yeah that's what I'm game. saying. Well, that's the other thing. Yeah, you either trade that pick or you take what. As I'm getting started on this, I don't know that there's going to be a better player than Marvin Harrison in this draft, and that's including the quarterbacks. So yeah, um, and then he's your Larry Fitzgerald for, uh, for exactly. the next generation. There. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. You're, you're off and running. Um, all right, next game up here. Who is up next? Oh, it's me. Uh, we had the uh, Sunday Nighter. This was the Broncos coming back beating the Vikings. I wanted to jump in and look at Russell Wilson. So that was my tape study this morning. Yeah. Uh, studied him, went through all of his plays. I thought it was interesting. You know, you think about a veteran coach, even though the points didn't come early, they had they stalled out. They had some field goals there in the first half. But I thought that um, to steal a Bucky line, they let him get see the ball go through the hoop, you know. Mm-hmm. So the way they start out the game as a quarterback and it's a um, little stick route, just an easy – easy throw get the receiver gives you the numbers it's an easy easy completion then it's a swing then he's checking the ball down a couple times um you know he hit, he hit a curl and so he hit a curl to judy hit a go ball to sudden and you know somewhat early but they ease him into games and they get him and i think it kind of gets him in that mindset there's a reason that they're doing so well you know protecting the football not turning the ball over i think sometimes in games what you do early on in the game kind of dictates the mindset for the quarterback of how to play and I think it's hey, we're gonna take what they give us, man. We're not gonna we're not gonna try and do too much. We're gonna take complete. We're gonna stay in the, the the game's not gonna get away from us. Our defense is gonna play well. We're not gonna lose the game early. We're gonna mm-hmm. feel the game out. We're gonna hang in the game. And as we start getting a feel for the opponent and what you know, we're gonna we have a couple shots that we're gonna dial in here. We'll bake into the the offense. But I don't know. I just I thought it was kind of a masterful job by Sean Payton of just getting someone into the flow of a game, and that's what he did with Russell Wilson. And then obviously the big time throw late. Um, you know, mm-hmm. to, to win the ball game. But I thought that game was won not late, but was won early with how they kind of got into the ball game. Yeah, no, I, I give Sean Payne a lot of credit for what he's been able to do. Uh, and this is why uh, there's something to have an experience as a head coach, because what he's been able to do is take and assess where Russell Wilson is, how this offense needs to flow, and make tweaks along the way to get it going. So they've reeled off with four straight wins. They're now sitting at 500. He's done a really good job of kind of bringing Russell Wilson back when I look at this offense, when I squint, it's a little bit of the Drew Brees at the end of his career offense, a lot of control yes. passes, um, running game dependent, and then just leaning on the veteran quarterback to make just a handful of plays each week to push yep. them over the top. Back-to-back weeks, we've seen Russell Wilson have uh, a game-winning drive. We've seen him gain more confidence, and we feel like the old Russell is coming back. And look, I'll be the first one to say, I feel, I've been one of his harshest critics when it comes to his game falling off. But Sean Payton has done a really good job of putting him in a very comfortable environment and allowing him to kind of play um, in a safe space. We'll see if they can continue to do it. But this Broncos team looks a lot different than the, first, the team that played the first four or five weeks of the season. I mean, shoot, they're sitting here at five, they're 500. They're right, they're right in the mix. I mean, right who'd have thought mix. that? Yeah. And here's the thing. Like, let's just in, in quickly here on this one. Like, something to be said for patience in this game, man. I mean, 
Sean Payton should have fired Vance Joseph the the minute the Miami game ended, right? Should have fired the defensive coordinator. Well, playing a little bit better on defense the, the last better, four or five man. weeks, right? Uh, should have traded away Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy. Cortland Sutton's got a nice connection built. Five in straight here games with, with a touchdown. Bang, bang. And then uh, Jerry Judy, you know, five catches, 58 yards in this game uh, as well. So, like, it, it has taken time. And, I, you know, a hat tip, you know, to the ownership group there and to the, you know, front office there for exercising some patience with how things were going to go, not fire sailing everything, you know, at the trade deadline when they certainly could have. Right. And there was that there was definitely that that momentum towards that. But they uh, they decided to, to stick it out. And it's paying div- dividends again with a coach who has a track record of, of telling you he can do it. So, yeah. Also, the makes- other sign of a good coach, guys, is when you get points before the half, that's big, man. Like just mm-hmm. even going down there, getting that field goal. It's just it's kind of cliche or hokey, but like situational mastery or whatever. Like, yeah, you know what? Good teams and good quarterbacks. They get those points every single time, you know, and they don't try and do too much. They just get the field goal and, and get some points and, and and off you go into the half. It's just a sign of a well-coached team to me, uh, teams that know how to manage those end-of-half and end-of-game situations. They've obviously done it at the end of the game the last couple of weeks. They certainly yeah. have, and everyone has to be on the same page to do it. Coach, player, for them to kind of make the plays that they've been able to do, um, I'm really kind of astonished because I did not think that Russell still had any of that left. That? That's it. On the other side, I am amazed at how much leeway they're giving Josh Dobbs as a backup quarterback. <laughs> I mean, it is as if he has the full complement of plays, game plan. They're throwing almost every down. And I'm like, man, I don't know if I've ever seen a backup quarterback get this much uh, uh, leeway yeah. to just kind of operate and play like a franchise quarterback. Um, I mean, it's, it's a credit to him learning the offense. But I do wonder if they could scale it back just a little bit. And not necessarily yeah. make him the playmaker, but a little more of the game manager plus. Well, I mean, if he just plays like this, even if they're if they don't win, Kevin's gonna he's gonna get the coach of the year. He's gonna be in the running for the coach of the year. What he's been able to do, I give Kevin O'Connell yeah. a lot of credit as well as Dobbs. Dobbs been has been awesome, but Kevin's made him comfortable and and they've yeah. rolled there. Uh, we've got one more game here, Buck. You've got uh, what do you got? The Raiders and Dolphins here. Yeah, Raiders and Dolphins, and so this is one that. Um, you wanted to see because, you look, the Raiders had created a little buzz, had won two straight games at home, so now they're going to take on a big opponent in the Miami Dolphins. And, look, a very competitive game, a game that was right there for them to take, couldn't make the plays. But to me, this is all about the Dolphins. And normally I come in talking about the Dolphins' offense, which is always remarkable. Like Tyreek Hill is him, had 46 uh, receiving yards, did a really good job of making plays. But this defense is kind of rounding into form. Oh, Jalen Ramsey coming back has interceptions and in two Jalen weeks. Yeah, like Jalen Phillips, yeah, Phillips and giving Ramsey. him, yeah, teaming up with Bradley Chubb, giving him the pass rush to go with the coverage, and it's a team that you know they hadn't beat any heavyweights, but they're sitting in a perfect spot where they could swipe the number one seed if the Kansas City Chiefs falter, and then all roads go through South Florida with a defense that's really beginning to kind of come into his own under Vic Fangio. This defense look. Like it's going to be one of those tough defenses down the stretch. Uh, could be a very, very difficult team to face because you can't keep up with the offense. And then defensively, they're getting turnovers. Very problematic for the opponents in the AFC. Yeah, no, it's uh, yeah. you know, it's a big win for them. I, uh, I actually had a, a little bit of a premonition that the Raiders might keep this close. I think it's an easy game to overlook. I know the Raiders have won a couple games, but you're the Dolphins and you're kind of going through your schedule and that one doesn't really pop 
Um, right. And you got Aiden O'Connell out there. And so anyway, it was kind of one of those muddy, ugly games, but you got to find a way to win those games when you're not necessarily playing your best. And offensively, they weren't at their best, but the defense um, bailed them out. Turnover this battle one. was big. Yeah, in yeah this you one. pick them off yeah. three times. That helps. Um, Rhett, on any of these other games here, Giants, Commanders, Cowboys, Panthers, Jets, yeah. Bills was a thrashing and then Seahawks Rams ended up being a great game uh any mm-hmm. comments any nuggets on any of those uh Panthers fans are overly attached to Brian Burns I don't know if you guys read your comments oh uh, did they crush you <laughs> did they crush us they did not want uh, you trading Brian Burns huh? they did not want us trading Brian Burns guys and I just say like if you're a Panthers fan and you watch the end of that game where you know it went from bad to worse like that for the for yeah. Bryce Young in the offense you're like Guys, I mean, like, I don't know how many more offensive coordinators you want to, how many more play callers yeah. do you want to put in here? Yeah. Let J- give Josh McCown a run. It's the same guys out there, mm-hmm. you know? And and so, like, it's it's just, it's time for them to start figuring out that plan forward um, to help help out on offense. And, and the thing I'll say on the Bills, they had fun playing offense, which I don't know that we could say that for the last, you know, 10 weeks. Like, everything looked like it was hard. You're always fighting, scratching, and clawing. And in this game, it just it felt like things uh, just felt a little bit more natural. Um, and I think that's not just on coordinator change. I think that's mentality change from the quarterback and from the the associated weapons out there to get that thing together and understand how they wanted to attack. Uh, and it obviously paid big dividends. I, I didn't see that game. Uh, either you guys, Buck, did uh, did Joe Brady take his notebook and slam it on the ground and start punching it in the press box. Uh, he, no? he, 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 he didn't give us the, he had a the couple slamming of numbers, but he had a, yeah. he had a couple fist pumps. He was a little yeah. excited. Um, yeah. They got it going and look, he, he did a really good job of just kind of keeping it simple, man. I, look, his players, not plays. He put the ball in the hands of the best playmakers. They made plays and those things. The thing that I am, I guess I, I can't understand this when people are watching the jets I can't understand like why all the conversation is centered on the quarterback. I know. Like their they're, they're offensive awful line, across the board. Their, their, their offensive they're system, terrible up front. It, it's terrible. And I don't yeah. know if anyone could could thrive in that situation. I'm not saying that Zach Wish is going to amount to anything, yeah. but man, I just feel like he has been the punching bag that has allowed people to ignore all the yeah. other stuff that is really plaguing this team. This team offensively is bad and they're not going to win games no matter who you try it out there. Joe Namath could come back, but they're not going to be any better until they change. You mean Tim Boyle ain't gonna do. get it done? Here's, <laughs> I mean, here's my here's here's it, my question. It's, it's, it's baffling to me. In that in that market in the last twenty, I guess maybe you can even go back thirty years, outside of Eli Manning, who by the way had a bumpy ride, you know, if not for yeah. you know what he did in the postseason. Tell me the guy that's had developed and had any staying power there. They they eat their own at, at the quarterback position in that market for the Jets and the Giants. I'm, I'm tell tell me who the like Mark Sanchez had a little blip and then he Flash was gone, man, yeah, gone. It's so it's it, to me, it's it's, it's it's almost a from a team building philosophy. It's almost like hey, we're just gonna bring in the veterans. We're gonna we're gonna overpay if we have to trade for one. If we're gonna do whatever, but we got to have somebody who's got some credibility because. It turns on. It's just such an easy scapegoat, and it's like, oh, look at this, you know, this this one dumb play, and then he's the worst player of all time. And they're like, I, I get it. They can't score points. They cannot score yeah. points. And Zach Wilson yeah. is not good. He's not played good. I don't know that he's the answer. I think he might be, you know, ruined. And you can you can you can get a million different opinions if you talk to people in the football space about who's you know who's responsible mm-hmm. for why he's been as bad as he is. 
But I, I think if you open your eyes and look at it, you can say they cannot protect. They cannot run the ball. Every time, I mean, I'm always flying, I feel like, when these games are going on. And I, yeah. I feel like I always look down at box scores. I'm like, oh, my gosh, Zach Wilson's leading them in rushing again. Like, they can't run the ball. Yeah. Um, so you can't pass protect. You can't run the ball. They can't catch. They have drops every week. I'm sure I didn't even see this one, but I'm sure there were. And and without without pause, I, I can guarantee you there's a handful of dumb penalties because they're good for a handful of those every week. So, I mean, it's Zach Wilson. You know, look, I, I'm almost like waving the white flag on that. Like, hey, you, get, you guys win. You want to move on from Zach Wilson. Move on from yeah. Zach Wilson. I'm fine. I'm not going to fight that fight anymore. But if you think that this is the that that is the singular issue with this offense, you are not being honest with yourself. Fair, fair. Is that is that enough? I wouldn't even want to talk about the, them today because it's it, just like Scott, I, I got so it, sick of watching. Yeah, it's, it's hard just, to watch. It's just, they, they, they are they are really 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 hard to watch. Really yeah, hard to watch. It's not an easy watch on your eyes for sure. Um, all right, that's going to do it for us today. It's a, a fun episode. Some interesting games. We have got a. Banger coming up tonight, game of the week, really, Monday night. We've got the Chiefs. We've got the Eagles. We will dig into that tomorrow, uh, break that one down for you, and we will have shows each and every day this week. Even though it's Thanksgiving, we will record uh, pre-record a little bit, and we'll have five for you uh, coming. So we appreciate you. And by the way, you'll love this. I uh, I always print out our, our notes and our rundown and everything. So apparently on the printer, I, I added an extra page, which was not that, which is the – Bucky will like this, which is for the Ruth's Chris oh, sweet, uh, sweet potato oh, casserole yes. recipe. Yes, yes. yes. Yeah, Who's going go. to work? It's a, yes, it's yeah, I love it. Year. Yeah, I love very it. good. Very so, good. Yeah, Buck, Buck's a big Ruth's Chris guy, so I know he would love that. Um, anyways, we'll get that casserole done. We'll get that done for, for Thanksgiving. Yeah. Uh, all right. We'll see you next time right here on Move the Sticks. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you.